Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. That it is, and there is so much to get to. We have Mock Draft 3.0 from Mel Kuyper Jr. That is coming up in just 15 minutes. He will join us right here on Greeny. It is Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. As always, we are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance Plus. The top five teams in the AFC from both of us. All of that is on the way, so let's roll. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. And Courtney, that one place to start today is with Matt Ryan getting moved yesterday for a third-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts. It happened shortly after the show yesterday when you and I were filling in here for Greeny. So let's get down to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I love the move for the Colts, and I know that there are concerns over Matt Ryan's age, but for a third-round pick and not a whole lot of damage to their salary cap, this is an absolute winner for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think more than anything else, in a stacked AFC, it at least will give them a fighting chance. If you trade for an aging quarterback, that gives off the presumption that you're in win-now mode. And I think that this team can effectively be in win-now mode, but you still have so much work to do in free agency to get more receivers, to get another tight end, to do all the things you need to do to support a quarterback of Matt Ryan's age. There are a lot of things that you can like about this, Chris, and I think of all of the quarterback movement we saw happen yesterday with the Saints sticking with Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan going off to the Colts in a trade, and Marcus Mariota now agreeing to a terms of a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. This is probably my favorite one because, of course, you're in the AFC, you need a quarterback to compete. And Matt Ryan, throughout his career, has been the like epitome of stability at the position. And when you think about what Frank Reich did in the one season that he had with an aging Phillip Rivers, who every time he threw the ball, I was afraid. I cringed. I closed my eyes. I was afraid it was going to be an interception. But he still got a lot out of him that year and got him to, got the Colts to the playoffs. I think you can get a little bit more, squeeze a little bit more out of the turnip here with Matt Ryan because of where he's been historically these last few years. Is he the MVP version of himself and the version of himself that led the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl in 2016? Probably not. But does he still have a strong arm and does he still have a great command inside the pocket? Yes. And so... That's a smart move for the Indianapolis Colts to make. Instead of taking a flyer on someone like a Baker Mayfield, who you and I have talked about, they weren't really in on him whatsoever for a multitude of reasons. This was the safest play they could have made, and I'm really glad that they made it because now they can actually contend in their division and in the AFC. I liked the idea of Baker Mayfield. I love this idea even more, but not everybody at this point thinks that they are definitively still getting a really good quarterback Listen to Tim Hasselbeck, our ESPN NFL analyst, this morning on Get Up. I think that Indy feels like they can get it done without a star quarterback. I think that's what Indy is thinking. And, and I don't think they're getting a star quarterback. I think they're getting a very experienced quarterback that they think is good enough with the rest of what they have. Yeah, it's not a star quarterback, Courtney, but to your point, here's why I have some faith in him. And granted, this is a few years ago. You look at the season he just had. And it wasn't very good. It was 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, uh, threw for just shy of 4,000 yards. He had this exact 
same season in 2017, down to the same number of touchdowns and interceptions and within 100 yards of passing and the same rating. Courtney, the next year, he went on and threw for 35 touchdowns and seven picks. Now, I'm not expecting him to go and do that, but over the last five seasons, Matt Ryan has been sacked the second most of any quarterback in football, 195 times. The Colts' offensive line is going to help him, and the run game is going to help him. I don't think he has to go there and just be a game manager. Courtney, he can just go there and and be somebody that can accentuate all of his positives off of what they've already got in place. And he gives the Colts something that they haven't had for nearly half a decade, which is a non-revolving door at the quarterback position. He's going to become the sixth different starting QB that this team has had in as many years in the fifth during Frank Reich's tenure. Don't you think they want a little stability at the position? Yeah. I do. (laughs) And, you know, realistically, you look at this, he's not a long-term option. But it's not going to be a one-year thing considering what's left on his contract and how much longer he's probably going to play. And there's the belief that he's going to be there through the 2023 season. All of these accolades that we associate with Matt Ryan and the passing yards and the former MVP and just like the level of steady play that they got from him, there's a great stat in Zach Kiefer who who covers the Colts for the Athletic. His story um, just – breaking down the trade and everything that happened with Matt Ryan in Atlanta and why he's so attractive to the Colts, this stat stood out to me. He has 42 game-winning drives. The Colts were 2-5 and five in one-score games in 2021. <laughs> Do you not think that they realize they need to be better in the fourth quarter and they have a quarterback who can? Usually when you're in those situations, no matter whether your defense lets you down or whether your offense started slow and it's playing catch-up, it takes a quarterback to get back into games and you can do that now with someone of Matt Ryan's caliber and I agree with what Matt Hasselbeck was saying you're not getting a superstar transcendent quarterback at the position you're getting an aging quarterback towards the end of his career who is still more than serviceable in an offense that's going to benefit his skill set the offensive line the strong running game get him some weapons in free agency and Chris Ballard the general manager continue to be aggressive here and I think the Colts might actually put together a pretty good team for 2022. Yeah, if you have good uh, supporting receivers to go with Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, you're in really good shape. I think that number of touchdowns could get back above 30, and I think those interceptions can dip below 10 into single digits. Now, what's really interesting as we shift forward to Mel Kuyper Jr.'s uh, 3.0 draft, so to speak, his third mock draft leading up to uh, the draft next month, is that he does not have a quarterback going higher than 18th in this draft. And the first one off the board is Kenny Pickett. Now, I'm really interested in that for two reasons. Number one, the Falcons now need to get a quarterback for the long term. They brought in Marcus Mariota. He's obviously not going to be the answer. So you've got three maybe four if you want to count the Texans, teams in the top 10 that could very easily be looking for a quarterback, and they have, at least according to Mel, no interest in moving up to do that. Well, and, 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 I mean, I look at, we look at Carolina, we look at the Seahawks, and we look at the Falcons right now, and, you know, maybe even the Vikings at 12 moving up. 
Here's the thing, though. Do they want to wait a year? Because I don't think it's any stretch to say that Atlanta, with the way that they are blowing up their operation right now after they failed to get Deshaun Watson, they could be contending for the overall number one pick in 2023. What if you just kind of eat it this year, realize that you're not going to be a good football team, start the rebuilding process now, but not go after the quarterback and maybe reach for a quarterback where they're drafting inside the top 10, go after the overall number one pick next year, who, which could be a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or somebody that is of a higher caliber in that quarterback class in 2023 than the options that are currently available. I think that they've got a smart play either way. If they do want to go quarterback this draft, it might be a stretch. Next year, though, that's the sweet spot, and they will very well, given that division right now, be in, uh, be in position to go after the number one overall pick because I don't think they're going to win a lot of games this year. No, but if I'm one of those other teams, and maybe it's just because I'm a bigger believer in Kenny Pickett than maybe a lot of people are, I'd at least look really hard at it. And I'm sure that they will be, don't get me wrong. But um, the, the two teams that I'd be a little bit bummed out, depending on how this goes or could profit the most, if suddenly somebody starts streaking up the board, are the Jets and the Giants because they both hold two picks in the top 10. Does anybody get antsy enough where they do believe in Kenny Pickett? Let's say the Vikings actually did believe in Kenny Pickett at 12 and they didn't want to screw around and they wanted to move up to try to make sure that they were going to get him. I don't think they're moving all the way up to four or five at this point, but maybe they're moving up to 10. Maybe they're moving up to eight for either of those two teams. Yeah, I mean, that's... You bring up a team like the Vikings, and there's other teams around the NFL right now that are in this situation where they know who their quarterback is for 2022. They've got somebody under contract for the following year, but when do they start their succession plan? A team like the Vikings drafting at 12, while cornerback does seem like and is an immediate need for this team, I would take a flyer on a quarterback considering you need to start that that process of having your succession plan for Kirk Cousins in place and you should do it far sooner than using a third-round pick the way that they tried to do it last year. There's other teams, too. I mean, do we rule out Washington potentially taking a quarterback, even though they have Carson Wentz in the fold? I know that Mel in his second mock draft had them taking a quarterback a year, uh, a month ago, and now he's got them going with Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU. But I don't think that there's other – I think there's several other teams within that top – Top 10 to top 15 mix that might actually surprise us and take a quarterback this year. This this has been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It is Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So how is it that in Mel's last draft, he did have a quarterback going in the top 12, but now... He doesn't. We talk to Mel Kuyper Jr. in just moments. You don't want to miss it right here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker as well. We now welcome in ESPN NFL draft expert and first draft podcast Mel Kuyper Jr. joining us right now. Mel, it's Chris and Courtney filling in for Greeny as always. We appreciate the time and with the flurry of trades that we have seen with first-round picks, I think there's nine total first-round picks that have moved now. How has that affected your latest mock draft? Chris Corny, it's great to be with you guys. I think it's just hard to project where the quarterbacks are going to go with the moves that have been made. Uh, you look at New Orleans now with Jameis coming back. I gave him Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh brings in Mitchell Trubisky. I gave them Malik Willis. Detroit has Jared Goff. I gave them Matt Corral. Uh, if you really look at the first round right now, outside of the Steelers, uh, there's you know, you're really reaching a little bit. You're, you're stretching a little bit. So uh, Houston at 13 now. Davis Mills though finished the season very strong. He looked really good. Uh, third round pick out of Stanford. You know, Pat Hamilton had him. At, it was uh, with David Shaw at Stanford. Uh, you know, Pat Hamilton had him last year at Houston. Was quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. So again, uh, Davis Mills did he show enough to say hey, we don't have to take a quarterback at thirteen? So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if we get three to four quarterbacks going the first round. Where the heck do they go? Mel, with the Washington Commanders, in your first two mock drafts, you had them taking a quarterback. Obviously, Mm -hmm. a lot has changed since then. How much did you factor in the Carson Wentz acquisition for them going defense with Derek Stingley Jr. over sticking with trying to take a quarterback at 11 in this one? 
Yeah, Courtney, it was just that you go to either a corner or wide receiver. And I thought about Garrett Wilson, but I had Wilson going eight to Atlanta, London, Drake London going, you know, four to the New York Jets. And yeah, I said, okay, could they take Chris Olave of Ohio State after he ran at 439? They could. But they also have an outstanding corner there. And Derek Stingley Jr., Sauce Gardner, one of those two could be there. And if they are, then you got to shut down corner. And, I, and they got something in this league now, the way it is with all these quarterbacks, you got to have that so uh, I went with the corner over the receiver but I think I said if Wilson would have been there in the mock it would have been a tough call but with him gone uh, like I said I went with the corner the very familiar voice of Mel Kuyper Jr. joining us right now from the first draft podcast and of course ESPN's draft expert Chris Carlin Courtney Cronin filling in for Greeny today all right Mel um, you know it's funny you look at why these quarterbacks are not as highly regarded as they are, and everybody's calling it a weaker draft for that. What are the primary things that are missing from this group to not be rated higher this year? Well, I think in terms of Kenny Pickett, he had a, a day three grade going into the year after having the ankle injury last year. And then this year, he puts up big numbers, but there's not a wow factor. And then the, the hand size, you know, and that's the thing. Some teams will look at if you're not at nine, we're not taking you. So uh, that's the issue. There will be a 24-year-old rookie in the NFL this season. When Malik Willis had he finished stronger, first five games he was outstanding. Then he throws three picks against bad teams. Uh, you know, he's not bad teams, but inferior competition, I should say. Say not that you know you don't expect that against Middle Tennessee State and Louisiana Monroe. So again, uh, you know the powerful arm, the rocket arm, the tremendous uh, running ability makes him the most intriguing guy. And then certainly uh, Matt Corral has the ankle injury in their bowl game. And uh, with his style of play, you know, he's not that big. He kind of wants to play like Josh Allen, but he's not, <laughs> he's not even close to where Josh is. He's kind of got Joe Theismann size coming out when Joey T came out of, of Notre Dame. So I think they all have issues as to why they're ranked between, on my board, between 18 and 32. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati also in that, in that range of 28-29. So when you're talking about quarterbacks that are 18, 19, 20, 25, 28 on the board, and you're picking in the top 15, you shouldn't take them. Liberty's Pro Day is going on right now. We find out that quarterback Malik Willis is going to have 70 plays scripted. He'll only throw today. He's not running the 40. How much stock should I put into this? Because where my brain goes, Mel, is I think about what if Lamar Jackson would have run at least 140? If Malik follows that same thought, and let's say he runs like a 4-4-2, he's a top 15 pick easily, right? Like, I, I just, is there like a downside here? Or is this a concern to you that he's not running a 40 at his Pro Day? He can fly, Courtney. I don't really care. I mean, pro days to me mean nothing. And I've talked to NFL people about I'm talking about for quarterbacks. They're thrown against air. Uh, do you really you know, see any reason to buy into a pro day? To either, if you don't like a guy by the pro day, you're all of a sudden going to like him. If you love him, or is there anything going to change there? If you hate him, why are you even going? And I, I talked to a GM about this who I have great respect for. And he was going into a pro day, and there was a vying for positions at quarterback. And ended up taking a quarterback. I said, did you know you went to the other quarterback's pro day who looked pretty good so he said yeah i already knew what i was taking before i went to that pro day i wasn't taking them okay you said so a lot of them they go up there because they have to not tip their hand so they're showing up at these pro days so nobody can say hey he wasn't at the pro day he's the decision maker he must have, might be taking that guy so a lot of it's for show courtney and chris uh, you know, you're not going to glean anything uh, you know from a pro day on a quarterback uh, that's like if you say i gotta check all the boxes and i gotta be there if i'm gonna take him fine i get that but you're a opinion on a quarterback is never going to change in my 
in my view, on what happens at a pro day. Mel Kuyper Jr. joining us, ESPN draft expert. Mel, uh, you got two teams in the top 10 that have two picks apiece in both the Jets and the Giants. Lay it out for me, especially with the Jets. You've got Drake London going surprisingly high, at least to those of us on the outside who wouldn't necessarily expect him to go at four. Those two teams, why you have them picking who you do? Start with the Jets, Chris. Uh, you know, London, is, you know, he's not going to be there at 10, I don't think, because Atlanta's picking at 8. And there's other teams that could trade up and get him. He gives them the size, the length, to go get the football for Zach Wilson. You know, Berrios is small. Elijah Moore's small. They need this type of receiver. Uh, Davis is there as well. He'll give them some length, but not like London. And then you go to the 10th pick. This is where I struggled. I was going to go with Jermaine Johnson, the second, to give them an edge rusher. He was also their second-league tackler. He had 12 sacks and, and 18 tackles for loss. Uh, this year at Florida State coming over from Georgia. But I went with a corner. I went with a lockdown corner. They don't they have four corners that are pretty good, okay, but they're twos, threes, and fours. They're not that lockdown guy. So that's where I think Stingley or Sauce Gardner would make sense there, depending upon who they felt was the best player on their board. The Giants, I think Evan Neal get the right tackle opposite Thomas, and then you get a, a Kayvon Thibodeau, a pass rusher, which is what they need. So I think you know, for both those teams, if it fell that way, I think they would be in pretty good shape. You have the Atlanta Falcons going with Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State at eight. They certainly need receivers and pass catchers of all shapes and sizes for Marcus Mariota to throw to, even though they're in this rebuild mode. Could you see them trying to find Matt Ryan's long-term replacement this year? Or does next year, when they could potentially be in line for the overall number one pick, depending upon how this year goes, does next year make more sense for them to potentially go after a quarterback? Courtney, it's interesting about Atlanta. They didn't take a quarterback last year when we thought they, they maybe would. Uh, they took Kyle Pitts and they figured, okay, we can win with Matt Ryan. And Matt, there's no reason not to believe you can't win with Matt Ryan. He's an outstanding quarterback, but it didn't happen. You had the Ridley situation. You had a lot of issues uh, you know, in terms of injury. So there was a lot of factors uh, involved there. And now they go away from Matt Ryan when they had the interest in Deshaun Watson. They, I think that's who they thought they would have. They didn't get it done there. And now they're scrambling. And now Marcus Mariota reunited with Arthur Smith. Uh, So the receiver core, obviously a big issue. And Garrett Wilson would certainly make sense. Uh, Taking a quarterback there, uh, you know, if they love Malik Willis, he would be the guy. I think he's the one where you roll the dice on talent. As I said before, I mean, he is a tremendous, he's basically potentially, he's Michael Vick, a right-handed version of Michael Vick. He's got the rocket arm. He's got tremendous running ability. He's that shorter, compact, strong, powerful frame like Michael Vick had. Um, so I could see it. It would not shock me at all if, if Carolina at six, Atlanta at eight, Seattle at nine took a Malik Willis. It would shock me if they took a Kenny Pickett because he's kind of that solid, safe pick. But the upside is one for Herbert. It's one for Josh Allen. They were passed over for other quarterbacks. Look how that worked out. So I think Malik Willis, because of that, may be the guy, as you say, that maybe teams take a chance on and roll the dice on all that ability. Mel, I got one or two more for you. At number one, uh, Devontae Adams gets traded, as we know. The Packers obviously got a lot in return in terms of draft capital. Is there, uh, as you have them taking Traylon Burks from Arkansas at 28, is it worth it for the Packers, based on the talent that is up above where they pick at, what, 22 and 28, for them to package some of that capital to move up to get one of the top couple of receivers? 
Depends how they feel, they, they, how they view Drake London or Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, and then do they feel comfortable at 22 or 28, maybe taking a Jameis. Jameson Williams, I think, would have been the number one receiver in this draft had he not had the ACL in the national championship game, a game they would have probably won had he not gotten hurt. He's a take-the-top-off-a-defense uh, type of player. Okay, So he's the special guy, but he's got to wait a little bit for him to get healthy. Uh, who's going to take him? I have New England looking at him right before Green Bay at 21. So I think it'll be interesting there. He's there. Do they take him? Uh, there's going to be receivers, plenty of them, in the second through seventh round. I, I think I would. I said yesterday. I think that, that Green Bay takes two and maybe three receivers in this draft. But to answer your question, Chris, that could happen if the, if a William if Jamison fell to them at 22. I think that you take him if you're comfortable that one we know is going to fall. And one guy I did not put in the first round. I I thought about it. And I think he's going to be a great second round pick, a Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Remember that name. He's a great player. He's very underrated, and he can play big time football at the pro level, and I've seen Steve Smith come in the third round, a lot of other guys. You mentioned Devontae Adams, a second-round pick. Uh, So to me, Sky Moore is going to be the steal of this draft to somebody, and if the Packers get him, uh, then you got one in the first, you got Sky Moore, you're rolling, you're ready to go. And I think Sky Moore could be better in the second round than certainly some of these guys that go in the first round ahead of him. What about the Houston Texans now as they continue this rebuild with all of the draft capital that they got from this Deshaun Watson trade. Like, we know they're not going after it anytime soon, but where in, like, you know, the, the first to second to third rounds, like, what holes do you think that they can fill best with this draft class? Courtney, they have so many issues. They could go anywhere. Uh, people think quarterback. I like Davis Mills. As I said, I mean, over the last seven games, there's 11 touchdowns, three picks. Last five games, which included Tennessee, San Francisco, and the Chargers, he was eight touchdowns, two picks. And he was at 78, 70, 66, and 67%. Finished the year at 67%. He did a heck of a job. So uh, we, we look at him as a third-round pick. they got to get somebody to replace Davis Mills. Why? I mean, he showed enough. And I think when you look at their needs, I gave him Jordan Davis. Not I don't love Jordan Davis. I think he's going to go, though. That's a mock draft is. I'd like to see more sack production, more sack potential. I think he's got to increase his stamina level. He ran great. 478 is a remarkable time at 6'6 and a half, 341. But seven sacks in four years, uh, you know, no forced fumbles. Uh, you got to get sack production for me, but he's going to go. And then you get early uh, Iquanu from uh, NC State, a great player. He could be a foundation piece on the offensive line. So uh, for Houston, really, Courtney, they could go anywhere. Their needs are all over the place. But I do think uh, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Mills or they bring in at 13 somebody to compete with Davis Mills. And let's see who the best young quarterback is. They didn't invest a lot of money. He was a third-round pick. They could go for a Malik Willis at that point if he were available on upside and say, hey, let's, it's a lick about quarterbacks. The AFC certainly, with the dominant quarterbacks, you better have a great quarterback to compete against those teams. So maybe they feel like, let's see who the best one is. Let, let Willis compete against Mills. And if we get a great one out of that, so be it. That's what we need to have. Last one for Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft expert. Of course, uh, he has got his mock draft 3.0 up on ESPN.com right now. By all means, check it out. Mel, and that's just Kyle Hamilton. You've got the safety from Notre Dame going second overall. Safeties, it seems in the game, uh, seem to get a little bit more knocked. Maybe the value isn't quite as much there as maybe it used to be, but what has you with Hamilton up top? Where does he compare? He's a unique, a rare talent that can be basically compared to no one. Uh, you know, coming into the league with his length, his range, people look at that four, five, nine, say he didn't run that great. He plays 
like a four three five four four guy the way he gets from point A to point B. So I think with, with the way the game's played today, he fits it ideally. Uh, defensive coordinators will look at him and say, "Hey, this is a a rare piece that we have never seen come into the league. We probably will see a kid like this coming every twenty twenty five years." So for that reason, I think he's worthy of being the second pick overall. Great stuff, Mel. Looking forward to it again. Check out Mock Draft 3.0 up on ESPN.com right now. Thanks again. Chris Courtney, appreciate it, guys. Take care. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN Draft expert and, of course, from the First Draft podcast. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs, the one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers, and the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system, with visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to NetSuite.com slash for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. NetSuite.com slash Greeny. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. And, you know, we've talked so much about quarterbacks this offseason and potentially moving, and we've seen so many of them move around so far. But one that we have not seen move yet is Jimmy Garoppolo. And the question is why? Is it because the 49ers, who, according to Mike Florio, already have a standing offer of two second-round picks for Garoppolo, feel like they can get more? Or is it because they're a little bit concerned about Trey Lance potentially being ready? Well, here is Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst yesterday on this just in on Jimmy G's future. I think there's a chance that that happens. Like, you don't have to give him away. And because they are paying Trey Lance on a rookie deal. It's not like you have too much money allocated to quarterback. I think people, the way people look at Jimmy Garoppolo is really not that significantly different than how they look at Carson Wentz. Like, again, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better, okay? But I'm just I'm saying, like, I, I don't think they're, they're, they're viewed that differently. So what are you going to give up for Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, you're not getting Jimmy Garoppolo for a third-round draft pick. You're not going to get him for the same thing that you got Matt Ryan for, Courtney. But if I'm San Francisco right now, I'm in no hurry to move Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I mean, didn't John Lynch, according to Pro Football Talk, say that he's sitting on an offer of two second-round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo and you got him for one in 2017? What are you waiting for? Um, As far as, like, why he hasn't been moved yet, I kind of wonder if every other team in in the league right now that is in the mix for a quarterback sees what we all see, which is the ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that he's not a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson-esque transcendent quarterback. So you might be a little hesitant to give up as much compensation and salary, which would be roughly around $25 million for the acquiring team, for a player – who might not be better for you than just like a stopgap quarterback for a year or two. You bring up a good point, though. Standing pat right now with Jimmy Garoppolo keeps the San Francisco 49ers in status quo form. This is a team that just came off of the NFC Championship game where they lost, but they still got there, and they got there with Jimmy Garoppolo coming off injury in the regu- at the end of the regular season, taking them to that point. There might be a time come the trade deadline in October – where some team has an injury to a quarterback, 
and might need somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo. His value might be much higher if you just sit for now. And yes, I understand there's people who want to see Trey Lance and want him to start from day one this year because they did spend a third-round pick on him last year and traded up all that way to get him. I don't think there's any rush right now. Like, you know what you have in Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan in this offense knows what it can do with Jimmy Garoppolo. What's the rush if the offer is not what you want it to be in March or April of the offseason? I continue to look at Trey Lance's history here, and he has not played a lot of football. And I think there's a really good chance that he may not be ready even yet to be the full-time starter. And and frankly, I think his circumstances were so unique that it's fair if that's the case. If I'm the 49ers and that window is open, make no mistake, it still is, as you pointed out, I would not be in a rush to trade him away. I, I really wouldn't. If you're getting two second-round picks for him, I, I kind of would have thought about that, but that tells me more about what they think about where Lance is than anything else. It's a pretty nice insurance policy to have. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive. Courtney, our top five teams in the AFC. This was hard. It was very difficult. I've done, I know you said you had like three different lists. Yes. During the break, I've been going over mine. I'm. It's very, very difficult. Let's roll. You start number five. Oh, man. I'm putting the Cleveland Browns at number five when I probably shouldn't go all in and say they are one of the top five teams in the AFC because they always find a way to disappoint and do something that throws them off course, but... I can't help but look at the acquisition of Deshaun Watson, a transcendent talent at quarterback, and not at least have them somewhere in my top five list. I mean, they've got a little bit more work to do in free agency, maybe another receiver or two, but the fact is they've got a good offensive line, they've got a strong running game, they've got Deshaun Watson, and they've got a good defense. So I've got to put them in my top five at five. I've got the Chargers at five. I love what they have done this offseason for their defense they have done everything to improve it in every way they could 
absolutely be run over last year, and that has changed dramatically. And what they have done at corner as well, the Chargers have done nothing but help themselves this offseason. I've got them at number five. Number four, Courtney, I've got the Broncos. Uh, I'll put Denver right there with Russell Wilson with really good weapons on offense with their receivers, with Judy, with Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. And then, of course, their defense is very, very good. I'll go Broncos at four. What do you got? I've got the Los Angeles Chargers at four for many of the reasons which you had mentioned. But the fact is, the number one thing that stands out to me about this team is that you have a team that's taking advantage of Justin Herbert on his rookie contract yep. and hoping to like skyrocket to the moon this season in the AFC West. Jackson, Mack, Great one-two punch. Brandon Staley, you know, going all in here with his defense. I love the addition of J.C. Jackson, too. I mean, you mentioned the cornerbacks. He was the top cornerback available in free agency this year. That's going to take that secondary to another level. All right, number three, where are you going? I'm going with Cincinnati. And the reason I sigh is because that means that one of my honorable mentions are being left off, and I'll get to that eventually. But how can I disrespect the Cincinnati Bengals? They put a lot of work in so far in free agency, beefing up that offensive line to protect to, to, to protect Joe Burrow with Lyle Collins coming in. They just went to a Super Bowl for crying out loud. I can't not have them in my top three. I think that they are still one of the best teams in the AFC, and maybe we're just overlooking them right now because everyone else in the AFC West decided to be super active in free agency. Cincinnati Bengals are still putting in some work, though. Agreed, and they're my third team as well. With Lyle Collins, with Kappa, with Ted Karras uh, on the offensive line, I mean, bringing in three really good pieces to protect Burrow. And I also think that keeping Jesse Bates is something that's getting overlooked a little bit at safety for them. Their defense wasn't great, but it wasn't atrocious either, and they can get to the quarterback. I think that Bates move was important for them on the back end. I've got them at three. Number two, it's Kansas City. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to help them uh, immensely at a position where they already had a lot of good depth. And then Justin Reed and uh, safety, and they kept Orlando Brown. I know that Tyron Matthews gone, but I think Reed can fill that role. The Chiefs are right there at number two. I had a hard time leaving them off my list as much as I thought I was going to and putting Vegas in here, but I'm going with wow. Kansas City at number two as well. I don't like that they lost Tyron Matthew. I don't like that at all. But the Justin Reed signing was a good one. Juju Smith-Schuster, the second that Deshaun Watson ended up in Cleveland, signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, I really like that move for that for, for the Kansas City Chiefs and giving Patrick Mahomes another weapon. Juju's been great in the slot, and I think that's where he's going to fit in here. Number one? Buffalo. Me too. Go. Boring. I mean... They've, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. They did some really great things with their defense and free agency while everybody's on a spending spree in the AFC West. They're like, hey, let's get in on the action, too. Von Miller, come on down. Yeah, Von Miller and I think Roger Saffold. Shaq Lawson. Yeah, and, and Saffold, too, uh, is going to help them immensely on their offensive line. That means we left the Browns, the Raiders, the Colts, and the Ravens off the list. So I our, had the Browns at five. Oh, I left the Browns off. Excuse but me. I, well, we both left the Raiders off, which was a tough one for me to do. And you had the Broncos good. out as well. I did. I did. Wow. What? Why so not with Russell Wilson? Why Nothing. not? It just, you just, just not buying in quite yet. I had too many other teams that I thought were better. Think about this. You have nine teams that you could have put in the top five. That's two more than even make the playoffs in the AFC. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.